first just regarding the Seder I'll speak a little bit now by way of Hagdama to Kinas a little bit and then only I'll speak once again in Hashem by by the Kina of Arzai of, uh, of Arzai Lavanan and then at the at the end by the Kinas of the Shoah of the Holocaust the um, I don't know what the time of Chatzais is. So I'm probably finish a little bit earlier today than usual. I would I'd say in the area of twelve twenty, twelve thirty, something like that. There are different kinas, and whoever wants to say all of the kinas, Kalamaga, Meshubach, but but uh, some of the kinas that we usually um, skip, not because they're not important. Chasushal, we say all the kinas of the Kalir and the. The old kinas, but because of the because of the issue of of of, uh, of time and and the difficulty of being able to concentrate for such a long amount of time. If nowadays, if a person is able to think for more than two minutes, it's a big chiddush. But to try to hold on a little bit and to to say a little bit less, but hopefully with some more with some more kavana. And I just want to remind Eilim, of course, that. That it doesn't have to be said in Lashna Kaidish and 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 if it's easier and for most it's easier. We have Bokhasham nowadays, I should say Bokhashab, then they have kinas altogether, but if we already have to say kinas, we have kinas in English and, and to be able to say them, but not just to read with your eyes. To say the words. You're not supposed to just read. But to say the words in English and a person needs to take a little bit in the, in the middle, a little bit of Hafsaka, then to learn inside, to read uh, some of the kings and to learn what they mean, and, to, and then to continue on saying as much as we can. If you, I've, I'm going to be leading the kings and saying uh, at the end of each king, if you're in the middle, you could either continue, or you could stop and go on to another one that's not Kriyashim and it's not Medil Zaster. So, unfortunately, there are plenty of kings. I remember that when I lived in Etsy so many years ago, there was a, there was an old Jew there, and just in the middle of Kinas, he just closed and he said, "That's already. I want to save some for next year." That's what he said. He got up, he closed. He says, "There shouldn't be any next year. This should be the end of the Kinas." Some years ago, I don't remember how long ago, I I, I mentioned to you, I told you that a little bit about the last the last. The last Purim in, in Klosenberg. The last Purim in the city of Klosenberg. And this was around a week before the Germans came to Klosenberg. The Rebbe, the Rebbe had already been through a terrible, terrible time, terrible Tsaris. First of all, his mother, the rabbits in Chaimindel, had already been had already been killed, and the Rebbe had been put through interrogations by the Hungarians, and he was tortured and beaten. And the sense in Klosenberg was that the end was was approaching, and it was a dark, dark, very depressing Purim in Klosenberg. And they were trying to have a little bit of a soothe together with the Rebbe. Those who were still there, many Jews had tried to run to look to other places to hide. But the ones who were there, they had a little bit of a soothe with the Rebbe. And, and there was one of the Russia called a Jew by the name of Yosef Chaim Rothschild, that everybody was just eating a little bit and nobody was singing. Everybody was quiet, and and this Rothschild began to to cry, and he screamed out and he said, "Holy Rabbi, Holy Rabbi, how can we possibly continue?" And he says, "Please, Rabbi, ask for Achnam and call yourself to beg Hashem to help." And everybody was everybody was silent, and the Rabbi himself, the Rabbi himself just sat there and didn't know what to say. And a few minutes went by, and, and, and everybody was quietly crying. And all of a sudden, it says in the Sefer that the Rebbe let out a horrible, piercing scream, just a scream at the top of his lungs. 
And I believe that that, that, that scream without words of the closing of the Rebbe, that scream already had in it all of the all of the keenness of all of the years of the years leading up to leading up to that time in Kalsenberg and even the Ruhakadish of the Tzaddik the years that would follow and as I said last night when we began before Eicha that this last period of time beginning in a very very sharp way from the time that the Holy Bacham were, were taken from us there's a scream there's a big scream a scream that has within it all of the ingredients of the close of Rabbi scream anger, sadness a tremendous, tremendous need for Nakama, for revenge and after Mincha I'm going to be speaking today about Nakama, the Nakama that comes with Nakama Nakama, need for Nakama it's a very basic human need for revenge Nakama a terrible feeling of frustration, of helplessness. There's a lot of energy that that have, uh, are investing in in watching one lie after another lie coming from the mouths of journalists and reporters, and watching watching clips of of, uh, of what some some Muslim is uh, some Josh of some Muslim someplace and in, in in Iraq or wherever and what they have to say about us and what the world has to say about us. So and and you know it's like you know sometimes like when you have a toothache and you keep on going with your tongue and pushing that tooth, you know? So everybody keeps on going back to these to these sick things and and, and then they're shaking their heads. I can't believe I can't believe that that, that, that they're saying these things. I can't believe they're saying these things. And and we can't believe. We never had. I, I shouldn't say. We, I, I never had any high hopes for the president of the United States. I, I remember when he, when he started. I was just davening that he wouldn't make too much of a chadim, you know, over here. But uh, that, that that's already a long time ago for found that feel. But the frat, the whole ma'amad not of the American people. The American people, I believe, are good. The American people, I'll be rive. The American people are good. We said in the family that my wife and I went a few weeks over in the country. We went someplace, and uh, and and there was a across the street from where we were. There was there were like six people walking out with signs. They were protesting something. So. So my wife, she always likes to understand everything. I mean, I just said, damn, should I? <laughs> my wife likes to figure things out. So she went over there to see what's going on with these people. Are they marching? And uh, and there's some old there's some old hick said that you know we we come out an hour a day to protest the war in Iraq, but the Americans are, are killing the Iraqi people. She said. So my wife came back to report. So I said again, but there were there were going over there next to a whole bunch of going next to next to me, and and they all started to say we should just nuke them all, just this just what's it called carpet uh, carpet bomb the whole place, and he said and they all started and they look at me I don't know how they figured out that I was Jewish, but they said. <laughs> So they said, and, and, and you, Israel is the place, and you guys, you got it. And the rest of them should just, just nuke them. They started, well, and the rest of them started to like cheer, and it was a whole thing that they got. <laughs> the American people about some good people. But th- there's a scream, there's a scream. And it has a lot of pain. Mostly, of course, it's not that. Mostly it's the terrible, terrible feeling of of frustration, what can we do? What's there to do? So I, here in America, what can we do? We daven, of course. 
but what, what could we do, and what, what could we do in Israel? How can this problem be solved? We need to see Nisim and so on. And the terrible pain that I was talking about last night of every day hearing uh, another soldier, another civilian, hearing yesterday some, some Ishmaeli went with his tractor right in the middle of Yushalayim by the, by the Zvilibus Medrash over there, not in the middle, by Krishachat. He went with his tractor. So there's, there's a screen. Keenness is an opportunity to try to articulate some of the feelings that we have. But the underlying is so, the role of Keenness is the Klosenberger screen. That's really it. And I feel that we can just give one screen and we can leave. And I know that would be easier for many, but it's not true. If the Emerson would be the right kind of a screen, it's a lot harder than saying the next two hours of words. It's a lot harder. So Halacha recognizes the need to scream. And, and that's why the Chum and the Tzadikim gave us this day, the Fat, the day of Tishabar. I spoke about this last night. An opportunity to feel the lave basar, the heart of flesh, and to be able to express all of these emotions. And since we don't know how to, over the years, the great Sadiqim, the Rabali Ruha Kaidish, even to our day, put the, these feelings into into words. But I want to talk about a certain Avaida. I, I decided that I wanted to talk about a certain Avaida that in halacha, that halacha, that halacha recommends something practical that we could work on, that we could think about. A little bit later, this morning in Kina Lamedvav, in the 36th capital, in the 36th Kina of Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, So there, Rabbi Yudalevi says, How can I enjoy eating and drinking? How can I enjoy eating and drinking when I behold dogs dragging your young lions? In the case that we're talking about now, dogs is much, much too generous. How can the daylight be sweet? How can the daylight be sweet to my eyes? When I still see in the mouths of ravens the corpses of your little eagles, of your little birds. So Yudha Levi is basically saying. I can't go on with my regular life. I, how can I? How can I eat and drink when I see the dogs dragging away your children? How could I enjoy the sun, the daylight? When the animals, when these animals are killing our children? Now, there's a sugi in Tanis, and Afir Aleph and Aleph. The sugi, which recently, the islander learned, Dafiomi recently learned this. And there, on Yud Aleph, the Gemara is telling us about the halachas and nanhagas of a Tanis Siva. And when there's, when there's something that is a Tsar Hatsiva, when there's community-wide anguish, suffering, misery, a famine, a drought, and so on. And the Gemara that tells us the halacha and the different hanhagis, how one must be mitzar himself, how one must engage in self-deprivation, a little less self-indulgence. She might idunin baatzmai. Remember, it was in the long. Those who learned the daf. She might idunin baatzmai. 
that one should during the time of a during the time of a tsaras sibur when there's a calamity a, a, a community wide public calamity so there the Gemara tells us that one should be mimait one should decrease a little bit yemait idunin ba'atzmai you know there are many stories of the Chavetz Chaim during World War One. the Chavetz Chaim didn't sleep on the bed he slept on the floor and we know there are many stories like this of Tzadikim and even of regular people that during the time of Atzar Sibur they were mamait in their own comfort in the regular comforts of life and that's what the Sugi discusses there now we don't find this din of lemait bi'idunan of decreasing one's own pleasure we don't find that halacha that din when we're talking about Tzaras Hayachid there's a Tzaras Hayachid of an individual person that you know that you care about, that you love is going through Khalila, a sickness or difficulty there the requirement of course is to empathize to try to feel the individual's tsar but we don't see in halacha that there are dinim that dictate that physically one should change one's behavior just to daven and to try to be nice of all with that friend to help to visit Rukhulu. but but not but not to actually change the routine of one's life that everything that we do and whatever we are in life and all of the midas that we try to bring into ourselves of course it all comes from the mitzvah of the halach the bedrachav in the halach the bedrachav that we are commanded to mitzvah midaraisa that the halach the bedrachav to try to do our best to go in Hashem's ways but Hashem's Megalotas is Midas through so the Midas that we have in Chumash and the Midas we have in Novi that are called the Micha, the Midas al Yainis, Mikel Kamoicha Noise Ovain Ve'oiva Al-Pesh Al-Eshevis Nachalasai Hashem Hashem Karachem Echan we have in Chumash and so on Mahu Rachem to try to be as godlike as possible Mr. Amchal and all the tzaddikim, of course, the Kadmonim talk a lot about. This is the mitzvah of Allah to Bedrachav. Therefore, the Shoirish of the Gula from our first Galas, Mitzrayim, the Shoirish really is in the words, in the four words, Kiyadati Asmach Oivav. If we want to understand how we should feel on Tishabav, how should a Jew? react to Jewish suffering what do we do internally and even externally we have to look at the Bari Arla because everything we learn from Hashem so by the Golos of Mitzrayim the turning point in the Golos of Mitzrayim was those words when Hashem Kivyochel articulated Kivyochel his feelings and said those words, Kiadati Asmach Oivav. I know, I know, I feel, I feel their pain. Kiadati Asmach Oivav. Rashi says, Samti Leiv Lehizboinein Vladas Asmach Oivav. Samti Leiv, Kivyoch Hashem says, I am now paying attention. Whatever that, we're not talking about what that means with Hashem. But I am now turning my attention, Samti Leiv, Lisboinen Vladas Esmach Oivav, to think about their suffering. Hashem always knows. But Samti Leiv Lisboinen Vladas Esmach Oivav. To think about, to concentrate, to contemplate, to meditate upon the suffering of the other. <coughs> So that midah Hashem of Yadati Asmach Oivav Simas Halev Lehizboinein in the Tzaris of others we find 
Chazal tell us that even a person who's who's chayv misa and is killed by Mrs. Bezdin, that Kashbaruch says kaladim iroishi, kaladim joy, oi, my head is hurting. A Jew, a Jew fell into such into such a life that he had to be killed by Bezdin. It's not easy to get killed by Bezdin. You have to work hard at that. And this Jew was such a Jew that he has to be killed by Bezdin. So Hashem looks at this guy and Hashem says, Oi, kalanam, yoroshi, kalanam, yoroshi, my head, my arm. Film Sharoish, film Shayad. So we learn from Hashem that there's a requirement, Bashas Hatsar, when there's anguish. In Klai Yisrael, we learn from Hakadosh Baruch Hu that there's a mida of yadat yismachayv of samti leivel hisboyne. However, even by Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we find that there's a chiluk between tsaras hayachid and tsaras hatzibur, between individual an individual suffering and a general. Community-wide, Am Yisrael-wide suffering. Tzesugi and Tanis, a couple of blot they had on Tezayin. There, the Gemara talks about Anhogis of Tanis Siva. Rabbi Yudam and Pazi learns from the pasuk, "Imay Anoichi Betzar." We're all familiar with that pasuk. So Rabbi Yudam and Pazi learns from the pasuk, "Imay Anoichi Betzar." The Kibyochal Hashem says, "I am with you in your tzar." "Imay Anoichi Betzar." That's the Pasik Rabbi Yudha ben Pazi brings. However, Reish Lakish brings down the Gemara. He doesn't agree. He learns that the Anhogas of Atanas Sibur come from the Pasik. Behold, Sarasam Loitzar. That in all of their Tsaras, Behold, Sarasam Loi, with a Vav, Lamet Vav, Behold, Sarasam Loitzar. In all of their tsaras, lo tsar. He has tsaras. So thinking, what's the machloikis here? They're both fine tzokim. And either postic would certainly work. Why is it that according to one, according to Yudam and Pazi, the makar of the halachas of the Tanis Sibur is the postic, imay anaychi I'm with you in your tsara. The Zayish holds that the Pasuk is B'chol Tzerosim Leitzar So perhaps this is the Chiluk What Zayish is telling us Is that there's a difference between Saras HaYachad and Saras HaTzibur That when an individual is going through suffering A friend, a family member, a Jew that you know Or that you hear about But it's an individual so then the halacha requires to feel, to empathize, to daven, to cry, to worry. But Rishlaki says that the Gemara is talking about what's the makar when it comes to a Tanis Sibur, to the halachas of a Tanis Sibur. And Rishlaki says regarding the, regarding the suffering of a tzibur, there the pasuk imay neichi is not enough. Of course, imay neichi I was talking a lot about that last night, thinking about the mothers, the fathers, the children of the soldiers. But that's not enough when it comes to a tzaras tzibur. There, Reish Lokish adds that the halachi is Bechold Tzerosim Loitzar Bechold Tzerosim Loitzar means that Kiv Yochel Hashem is saying, not only that I'm with you and you, I'm with you, I feel for you But Bechold Tzerosim and the Tzeros of Atzibur Loitzar Hashem Himself engages Kiv Yochel In some practical, obvious, demonstrative Behavior of Bechold Sarosim Hashem puts himself through and lives in some way with the Tzibur in its sorrow. 
It's not enough imay neichi b'tzar. It's b'chol tzarosem loy tzar. You should know that the tzar changes kivyoch. Hashem is on the Hashem loy But it affects kivyoch. Hashem takes upon Himself the tzaris of Am Yisrael. In a few minutes I'll read to you something from Neish Kardish. There are a lot of places in Neish Kardish. At the end, at the end, those of you who are familiar with the Seif Neish Kardish from the Holy Pesach will know that towards the end he... Almost all of his drushes were, were this Indian of the the Indian of Almost all of the drushes at the end. Hashem suffering. Hashem suffering with Am Yisrael. So according to this, <coughs> the din of Halachta Bedrachov. Regarding a public sorrow to go in Hashem's ways, we learn that there's a special requirement of Bechol Tzarosim Leitzar that one has to be Mitzair himself that one has to be, as the Gemara says, Yemait Idunin Ba'atzmai however that takes place in that person's life Yidain Idunin Ba'atzmai I mentioned to the Chavra the other day in the in the bungalow colony, I said, on Shabbos I was talking to them, actually I was screaming at them, and I said, okay, it will be Nacht Tishrim over a few days, and the barbecues will get going, and there will be the Anani HaKovid hovering over the entire colony, you know. The Simrais Ashan, Simrais Eish, but what about the dam? What about the blood of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael? So I said, so what do you say? How about we all agree a little bit less barbecue sauce? You know, what if a, maybe can, you think we can handle that here in America? A little bit less barbecue sauce. <coughs> but if the air conditioner. If the air conditioner takes an extra two or three minutes to kick on, our brothers are schlepping around big bags filled with all, with all kinds of kalim to protect themselves and to, and to kill our enemies. It's 100 degrees out there. Jeff just showed me a picture of a tzaddik running around with a Sefer Torah on his back. So there's a halacha, however the person does that, whatever that means... You usually go out, you usually go out eight times a week to a restaurant, so cut it down to seven. I mean, whatever it means in your life. Because here in America, we're very fragile, you understand. It's hard for us. I'm not making fun. I mean, a little bit, but not so much. You might eat Unabatsus, a halach in the Gemara. It's a kiyam in the mitzvah of bechol tzarosam lo tzar that it has to be lo tzar lo lamedvot. You have to have some tzar also. You think you're yotzei just by giving you cracks when you hear the news? <coughs> We're a bunch of freshers over here in America. Our whole life is a life of enjoying, of indulging in freshing. Baruch Hashem, it's good. Life is good. But the Tzaras HaYochid is enough to feel pain, to feel anguish, to be misboinein, see mishalev, yadat yismach oivav. But when it's a Tzaras HaTzibah, there's a special halacha of b'chol Tzaras HaMoytzar. Halacha B'Dracha means that life can't be as good for you when there are others, when, there, when Am Yisrael is going through suffering. Can't be as easy, can't be as good. You have to feel it in a real way. So, how do we define Sarasatsibu? That's an interesting question. How do we define Sarasatsibu in Halacha? So, there's Machlaikis Amaraim in the Sugi there in Tanis. What is the meaning of Tzibur vis-a-vis Tanis Tzibur? 
Do we say that it's Sibur means Kla Yisrael, Am Yisrael, such as Tishabov, which is the Chum Beis which is a Tzara of all of Am Yisrael, of all generations? Or Tzara said Sibur is Golis, Bechlal Golis, and so on. Masha'ena Kain, the Gemara discusses this. Masha'ena Kain, if there's a local famine or there's a local drought, and there's a certain area, in a specific neighborhood, a certain area, there's a problem, and you have ten Jews in that neighborhood. Now, ten Jews, we already know there's a Hashorah, Hashchina, right? So that's already considered an Halacha, a minion, an Eida. So it's a Machloika Samaroi. How do we define Tzibur regarding Tzaris at Tzibur, the Tzar of Tzibur? Is it the Tzibur of Am Yisrael? Or is it even when it comes to a minion of Jews where the, where the Gemara already says in Chazal said, wherever there are ten Jews, there's Ashwas Hashchina. So if, if we say that it has to do with the Shechina crying, with the Shechina suffering, with Kivyochel, Rachel, Yimenu, the Shechina crying out, Kalani Mizroi, Kalani Mizroi, Kalani Mizroi, oh, it hurts me, it hurts me. And the Shechina herself takes upon herself the Tzaris of, of the Tzibur, then maybe even if you have a minion of Jews, So it's not really clear in the sugya, but what I think is interesting, and maybe we can learn, is as follows: this din that the Gemara tells us of miut idunin that you should try to cut down some of your indulging during its sarsatzibur miut idunin. This din is learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> That when the war was going on down below, Yeshua, when the war was going on with Amalek, so Moshe Rabbeinu sat on an even, on a stone. Now, Mestama, Moshe Rabbeinu, when they gave Moshe Rabbeinu a chair, they gave him a comfortable chair. Even a stupid little Moshe, they give a chair. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, Mestama, they had wherever he went. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, they carried a house of a chair. So, the Gemara learns out that Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't sit on a chair. Jews are fighting. Moshe Rabbeinu is on top of the hill. The Jews are fighting down there. So the Gemara says the Moshe Rabbeinu sat. It says in the Moshe Rabbeinu sat on a stone. When there's a Muhammad when Jews are fighting, you don't make yourself comfortable and cozy and your usual thing. So Moshe Rabbeinu sat on a, on a on a rock. So that means that that was defined as a tzaras at Sibur, right? Because when it comes to a, a tzaras Sibur, the halacha is, remember, it's not enough to feel bad, but when it's a tzaras at Sibur, you have to do something. So Moshe Rabbeinu obviously defined what was taking place as a tzaras at Sibur. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu sat on a rock, because he did something. To demonstrate that you can't just you can't sit on a nice comfortable cushion when Jews are when Jews are having a mulchama. Now that mulchama with Amalek, even though when we're reading Chumash it's not clear, but Lamaisa it says in Pasik Bakhar Lonu Anoshim. Right? Sehilochim Malik. It says Bakhar Lonu Anoshim. To choose some Anoshim, Rashi says Sadiqim. That means that Davke, the G'dayla Yisrael, it's interesting how that's changed over the years. But Davke, the G'dayla Yisrael, the Tzadikim, were the ones who were fighting that battle with Amalek at that time. It's Beferish Nashi. It says in Pazik, Becharlan Onoshim, Rashi is Onoshim, Tzadikim. That means that the vast majority of Am Yisrael, we're saying, we're, we're davening, we're, we're cheering, whatever. But the actual battle was being conducted by the Rosh Hayam, by the Tzadikim, by Yeshua and other Tzadikim. Nevertheless, it's clear that this is called the Tzara Satsibur. Even though a small part of Am Yisrael is engaged in the actual battle, 
is actually endangering itself in warfare. Since the Mulchama is a Mulchama to uproot Am Yisrael. Ha'oymrim oru oru ad ha'yisayid ba. Which is in the charter of our enemies. Which is the Tarshadach Sav of Hamas and Fatah. And, and all of the rest of the, of the elves and dwarfs. It's in their charter. And it doesn't just mean the Zionist entity. It doesn't just mean the state of Israel. It means Oru Oru Ada Yisoid Ba. And these are the Lashinists that we're hearing everywhere now in the world. The same Lashinists, the same Lashinists from 70 years ago. The Lashinists of 70 years ago, of 700 years ago, of thousands of years ago. Oru Oru of the Churmei Samikdish. Uproot, uproot, destroy Ada Yisoid Ba. Till there's not one Jew that's left in the world. And I mentioned many times that in Rav Herzog's writings regarding Melchamis, Rishus, Melchamis Mitzvah, Rav Herzog was of the opinion, <coughs> and there are many, many who concur with this view of Rav Herzog, that since 1948 it has been one ongoing Melchamis Mitzvah. There are periods of relative quiet. But the Mulchama is a Mulchama that's been going on ever since then. So one Mulchama, one Hamshach. But we see from Moshe Rabbeinu with Amalek that even though only a small percentage of Jews were actually fighting and the rest were davening and waiting and hoping but the halacha was that it's a tzaras hatzibur and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu engaged in that deprivation of sitting on a stone, sitting on a rack because when it comes to a tzaras at Sibur, you can't live the same life that you were living when it wasn't the tzaras at Sibur. So the time that we're living in right now, I don't know what the status is as of this morning. One of the chavis said to me the other day, it's absurd of course to even consider a humanitarian ceasefire when you're not dealing, when you're dealing with the other side that's not human. A humanitarian ceasefire is making an assumption that there, there are two sides that are human. But here we're talking about the para-adam. We're talking about the chaya of shulach ampai im hachamor. But there are certainly Jews who have been killed. Jews who are languishing this moment in hospitals. Terrible pain, suffering. The Mulchama that we're in right now is a Mulchama against the entire Jewish people. It's the same Mulchama of Hitler and Machshamai. It's the Mulchama that has always been against us, which is a Mulchama to the finish of Aura Aura Hadi Yisoyed Ba. And therefore it has the din of its Saras Sibur. And the Shulchan Aruch and Tafkot Ayindal it says clearly, A Jew who does not take part, who does not connect to the Tzibur, to the nation, who doesn't feel the pain, who lives a regular, normal, everyday, happy-go-lucky life, when the rest of Am Yisrael, or when the Tzibur of Am Yisrael, which we have now defined as being even the army of our people, even though it's a small, tiny percentage of Am Yisrael, is fighting a war to the death. But they're fighting that war on behalf of all of Am Yisrael, because the embassy says every single one of us should be there. And every single one of us should be doing something. Not everybody is physically fit to be running and to jump and to hide and to shoot and to... And not all of us are able to do that anymore. And you have to go through months and months of training. You have to be physically up to it. But certainly, certainly to do after something. To at least to go out and to bring, to bring a hot soup. Something. So for us to sit thousands of miles away... And the best that we can come up with is reading another, another op-ed 
and giving a krechs and saying a perfunctory shilamalus, a shihamalus after davening, it's all, it's all good. I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things. It's very, very, very good. But that's all, that's all there would only be enough for Tzara Sayyachit to empathize, to feel bad. The Bishop sent me, you see, I'm, I don't wanna, I'm, I'm acting a little bit funny, that's why I don't normally have to uh, be helped to sit down, thank God I'm a young man. But I, ha- I have a gefelech, I was attacked by such a back kick last week. I don't know if any of you have been zayche for such a thing. But I've had a little back kicks in my past, but this was something that was like an atom bomb. And, and every single, every, I didn't ask for this. And it wasn't that I was being mekayim, anything that I'd just been talking about. But once it happened to me, so every every few minutes, I'm, this, that's why I came to this Torah. Every few minutes I'm thinking about it and I'm saying, Shalom, I can't help with anything. I'm just, I'm just sitting here so far away that, that I know you brought this upon me because of my Averis and all of my life. But I'm asking that it should be a Kapara, that if it could save, if it could save one, one of our brothers, one, one second of being hot, one second of being uncomfortable, one second of being afraid when he's walking into some one of those crazy houses. The kid showed me on the computer yesterday, the, the soldier was explaining, one of the guys was explaining the town, did you see this? The whole town is rigged. You see this? There are wires all over the town, everywhere. One of the boys, every step that they're taking. Every single step is It's not just that boy, it's our tzara. Every step that he's taking. And every step that I'm taking now, it's a horrible pain. I'm thinking, this is nothing. It should be a mute of my pleasure, of, my, of anything, that I, whatever it is. It should be that, that this boy shouldn't chalila step on something that's wrong. I have to be careful now how I step. If I make a little bit like this, it says a thing. So I have to, so I, I'm thinking it should be that this little thing, if I, that this pain that I, because I made the wrong step, that I was mighty, that that guy doesn't have to chalila step on something that's going to cause any pain. for his arms his legs to fly off. Rabbi Yudha Levi says, How could I enjoy my food? How could I enjoy my drinks? When there are dogs that are taking away our boys, that are taking away our lions, our children. The sons of Rabbi Shushan said that his father-in-law, the Baruch Tam, Baruch Tam was the Golgador, that the Baruch Tam, he was Rav in Leipnik, in Poland in Leipnik. And there once happened, the sons of said it once happened that in Leipnik, the, the Havlon was, was very, very sick. That's the guy that turns on the steam in the mikveh. That was considered to be the, the, from the lowest jobs in town. It's a job, but it was from the lower jobs in town, to be the guy in charge of steam. Nowadays, when I say low, it doesn't mean it's not honorable, it means that you get a lot of abuse. Nowadays, the Gaboyim go through that. But the, the, the guy in the mikvah is the one that turns the steam, and everybody's complaining it's too hot, it's not hot, right? It's a thankless job. So the so the Sandra have said that the Havlon in Leipnik was very, very sick. And the Baruch Tam, during that time that the Havlon, that the guy that the guy in charge of the steam was sick. So the Baruch Tam came to his house one day, came back from the shul, and his daughter was laughing with the, with the uh, with another girl over there. They were laughing, there was some joke, there was something they were laughing. And the Baruch Tam started to scream and he says, I don't understand. How could you possibly laugh? What are you laughing? And the girl said, and, and, and she said, Tati, what happened? Why can't I laugh? We had something funny we're talking about. He said, how could you laugh when you know that the Havlon, whatever it is, Abiyankel, is, is, is in bed and he's dying? How could you possibly laugh? 
how you enjoying yourself? So I'll just share with you one paragraph from the Ace Kardash, and then we'll start. Pashas Vayishlach, December 14th by the English calendar, 1940. So still relatively early. We have a chance to look in the Torah. The Rebbe brings the Rebbe brings the the Medrash. Moshe Rabbeinu was by the bush, by the snare. And it says that Hashem saw that Moshe Rabbeinu was going over there to see what's going on. So Hashem called out to Moshe and he says, Moshe, Moshe. So I'm reading from the English translation of the Eish So the Medrash says that by the Akedah, Hashem called out to Avram, he says, Avram, Avram. But there's a difference. The Medrash says, if you look in the trap, by Moshe, Moshe, there's no psik, there's no asnachta, there's no uh, kama, there's no separation. It says, Moshe, Moshe, by the burning bush. But, but, by, but by Avram Avinu, by Avram Avinu it said, Hashem called out to him, and Hashem said, Avram, seek, esnachta, there's a stop, and then Avram. So the Medrash says, this chiluk. So why is this so, asked the Medrash. So the Medrash says an amazing thing, listen to this. The Medrash says that the answer is found in the example of a man who gives a muscle of a person who is being crushed beneath an unbearable weight. So he calls to whoever is nearest. He's not particular. He calls out to whoever is, whoever is nearby and he says, hey, you come quickly and help me shed this load. So by the bush, by the snare, the Medrash says, as the Rebbe explains, that Hashem calls out urgently to Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, Moshe, Moshe, doesn't, there's no break in between. There's no psik, there's no asnacht, it's urgent. Moshe, Moshe, it's, a, it's screaming in such a way. Twice in quick succession, the Rebbe says, without any punctuation between the words, because Hashem, God has, as it were, an unbearable burden upon Him. He calls to Moshe, who is closest to Him. To help relieve him of the burden. And the Rebbe explains, <coughs> this is the difference. At one level it says in Tehillim, I am with him, Hashem is with every Jew in his own personal distress. Means that when Jews are in pain, God forbid, there is a point at which God bears the distress together with us. But there's another level, the Rebbe says, the one that we're in. There's another level when the pain of the Jews is so great that they have no strength to bear it. Then the strength to resist, to continue to endure, to remain alive in the midst of such terrible hardships and merciless affliction is provided solely by the Holy One, blessed be He. That Hashem Baruch takes upon Himself the entire burden because we can't go on. In this case, the brunt of the burden is, as it were, upon God. It is not human Jewish strength that bears and withstands such agony. Because we can't, I was talking last night about the heart of stone. But God's strength that He gives to Jews, that Hashem takes upon Himself, the Rebbe says, Behold, It is by far the greater burden of pain that is borne by God. So he says that when, when did the Gula begin? When Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, because the fire in the bushes, of course Hashem showing the fire of Am Yisrael and the pain of the Jewish people. And Hashem, he says, God, he says, Hashem is praying to the Jewish people as he prayed that to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says, Moshe, Moshe, relieve me from this unbearable burden that Hashem himself was saying, I can't take it anymore. I took upon myself the suffering of Am Yisrael. 
I myself am going through such pain. He says, Moshe, Moshe, there's no, there's no break. It's not like Avram, Avram. Moshe, Moshe. He says, I can't take it anymore. The time has come for redemption. I can't bear the pain anymore. Even though again, all the pain is to fix, to help, whatever it is. We were talking about that last night. It's all somehow for our good. So he says that Hashem is praying to the Jewish people, Kivyochel, so to speak. And he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, Moshe, relieve me of this unbearable burden. And the Rebbe goes on, we don't have time now in the midst of such terrible anguish. How can we possibly help relieve the infinite one of his unbearable burden? The Icarus by being good to each other. The Icarus by thinking about how can we unburden the pain, how can we help another Jew with his burden, with his pain? Because when Hashem Yisbach sees that we feel the pain of, of other Jews, and we help another Jew to take off some of his pain, so that's the, that's the strongest, most powerful way to take Kivyachal off Hashem's back, the unbearable burden of our pain. It's an amazing thing. You remember how you remember Reb Shlomo Kalbach when he said that, that when he sings this song and he tells the story of the Piyazetzna the Eshkardish and how the Piyazetzna how the P, you remember the the, uh, the Holy Hunchback you remember the story Mr. Amiyonel story but you remember that this that this Yid who who, who, who Rabbi Shlomo met this Yid someplace in Tel Aviv there by the water he meets this Jew and, and, and he asks the Jew where he's from I'm just re- re- reminding you I'm sure you all know this it's, it's much 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 more gishmak when Rabbi Shlomo says it with the music but you remember he met he met an old an old Yid that was that was going with the stick his job was working for the municipality picking up garbage picking up the papers on the beach and Rabbi Shlomo always liked to talk to people, especially when he meet an old Jew. So he stopped this and he says, Rabbi, from me, Kimstam, where are you from? Where are you from? So he says, I come from a place. And I mean, it's time you never heard. So Rabbi Shlomo says, where? He says, a Piyasatzna. So Rabbi Shlomo says, Piyasatzna. Did, did you know the Piyasatzna? Did you know the Kronim is Kalmish? So he looks at him and says, what are you talking about? So Rabbi Shlomo says, did you know? He says, I was one of his children. You know, Piyasatzna had the Bachan. He gave his life, Mamish for Bachram. By his Tish Shabbos, all the Rosh Hashivas and Sadiqim sat behind the Bachram. And he had Bachram that lived by him in the house. So, the, so Shlomo asked him, can you, tell, can you tell me something that you remember from the Piazetzna? So you remember what happened? So he says that the, the he says, your story. And the old Jew, he says, said, okay, wait a minute. He walked over, he has there like a, a cabinet or something on the beach. Thing, and he opens up the cabinet, and he takes out his jacket. He puts on his jacket, and he puts on his hat, and he washes his hands. And he says, "This is what I could tell you. I remember." He says, "I don't remember much." What he went through, this guy. He says, "But I remember that it was. It wasn't long before the war, and we were sitting. I think it was Solzhenitsyn. We were sitting there, and." And the Rebbe said one thing. He said, Kindelach, forget that Kindelach, don't forget Gedenkshin Kinder. Remember. The greatest Zach in the world, the biggest thing in the world is what? Remember what, what did he say? To do a Taiva Freyid. To do a Taiva Freyid is the biggest thing in the world is to do a Taiva Freyid. To do a favor for a Jew. He said, the Rebbe said this a few times. We didn't know what was going on. He just said, don't forget. The biggest thing in the world is to do a favor for a Jew and this, and this garbage collector in Tel Aviv, this Sadiq says to Epshoimi, you know how many times I wanted to walk into the ocean to just to kill myself? Everybody was killed, I have nothing. You know how many times I wanted to just walk into the ocean and die and just to forget it, put down my stick and, and put an end to my life? But then I remember what the Rabbi said, Gedenkshin Kinder, remember children, the biggest thing in the world is to do a tayyid for Yid, to do a favor for a Jew. And you know, you could do a lot of favors. And I, when I was in concentration camp, I wanted to die. But you know, you could. I, every time I wanted to die in concentration, I just wanted to let to let myself die. 
I would remember the Rebbe saying, Gdenkshin can't they remember, and you know, in concentration camp, there's so many tarvis you can do for people. And even over here, you know how many tarvis you can do for people to make it better, to make it nicer, to give chizik to somebody. The Rebbe saying is the, the greatest pain, the greatest anguish Hashem takes upon Himself, our pain. But at some point He cries out and says, Moshe, Moshe, teach every one of us. He says, I can't bear the pain anymore. I read in the paper that there's there some, some woman in Beit Shemesh, a Chassidish woman, that, that she, she took upon herself... She got together with all of her chavitas, and they're going to they're going to the homes of the women who have husbands who are on the who are out in the army, and she's going with all the Haredish women there, and they're babysitting, they're, they're helping with the, with babies, they're helping with the meals, and they're taking care of the other ladies. They're getting together. The whole year, Jews were so angry at each other, and Jews were talking so terribly to each other about each other, especially in Beit Shemesh. I read that even the Yushalmis in Beishabish now, that they came you know, from, from Yushalmi, there's no room, so they went and they have Yushalmis there, and that they went, they told us, ah, and that they were davening together with all the chav for the, for the boys. So if Hashem is putting, if Hashem is putting us through such pain, He's putting us through such suffering, Maybe it's come to the time that he can't bear it anymore. He can't bear our suffering. He can't bear the pain of us not having Gaul yet, of us not having Mashiach yet, of getting lost, of our generation swimming in the cesspool of the internet, of, of Jews losing every day more and more. Jews are slipping away. More and more marriages are falling apart. More and more. More and more tsaras hayochad and tsaras atzibur. So Hashem is saying, Moshe, Moshe, teach every one of us, I can't carry it anymore. But I need help. And the only way that we can help Kiv Yochel, the Bariolim, with his burden, the only way that we can help him with his load is by helping each other with our burdens, with each other's burdens. By helping with each other's burdens. I spoke a few a few weeks ago by Bahaloischa about Vahi Amkmis Ainanim. And a couple of Khavi told me if to Zorbi that's that's an important talk. I was talking about stopping the stopping the complaining about other people, always complaining. Everybody's always complaining about people, complaining about the shul, complaining about the Rebbe, complaining about the Yeshiva, complaining about your wife, complaining about the kids, complaining about this, everything complaining. Somebody, somebody told me the other day that it was gefelech. There was a, uh, somebody he went, he went someplace and he had to hear the vatayra, and it was, it was a guy went on for half hour, rambling on for half hour, and it made him crazy. So I said, well, you can't be soivel another Jew for half hour. You can't be soivel that it made him feel good that he was saying over Rashi and Rambanu it bothered you. You always have to complain about the other people. You always have to. You can't. You can't. Forget about talking about helping other people. You know what a chesed you're doing? That if you could sit down, have somebody had a taina, one of the women had a taina, there was a woman that was giving a shia during the summer, and she said, the woman does not, she shouldn't be giving this shia, she doesn't know how to give a shia. So I said to my wife, tell her, this woman is an almana. You know, Rahman is an almana, you can't give it, an almana, you, didn't, you don't enjoy a shia, but the almana, it gives her, it gives her happiness to say a shia, you have to be so bad. But Jew has to be mean-spirited, Jews have to be mean. She's an almana, you can't forget her to give a shia, you can't make her happy. So go for a half hour to listen to a shia, it makes her feel good, she's an almana. Why does it hurt you to make an almana feel good? You have to call up to say that it's not a good shia, she shouldn't give the shia an almana. This is who we came in Gaulus, we became such small people. And Hashem says, why you, my, it, it's hard for me to carry these things, that you're, that you're not good to each other, that Jews are not kind to each other. So what's the end of the passage? B'chol tzorosom Malach Ponev Chayshiyam.
The end of the story is that Hashem does carry us on His shoulders. And is asking us for help. We have to believe that these last few minutes of Golis, these last few minutes of Golis that we're going through in the sign of the Chotzeros from Mitzar. So let's each and every one of us try a little bit to be memayit in our own idunin, to try to do something extra for others, to try to do something extra, whatever we're going through, difficulties, that it should be mechaper, and that it should be, it should, it should make things easier for our brothers who are fighting for us, who are, who are, who are taking care of us, who are worried about us, that we should worry about them, and about other Jews, and that's it should come to the time already, that it should be, that it should be Huga'olam. That the gula should be in v'yinas and v'yinatlem kol yimei oylem with the gula Hashem v'amitish and have yamenu amen v'amen. We're going to start kings.